Well, hi there. We are back together again for the third part of our Why Won't This Mountain Move series. Uh, we are going to continue to dissect the chapter of Mark 11 and verses 20 through, 22 through 26 to discover just how and what Jesus has instructed us to do when we have a problem that we want moved out of the way. So far, we have examined the purity of our faith. We've had to ask ourselves, is the faith that we have really faith in God alone? Or have we possibly had some backup plans in our pocket just in case he didn't come through for us? We've also looked at verse 23, the last time we were together, uh, at the number of times that Jesus used that emphatic shall as he made points about who and what, how, when, and where. And we had an opportunity to check our level of faith and understanding in each of those points as well. Today, we're going to look at verse 24. So let's just go ahead and read our text again in full says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in those things which he saith, then they shall come to pass. And he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So Jesus has just told us in verse 23 a big portion uh, about how moving a mountain works. He's explained to his disciples exactly what happens as we speak to the mountain, do not doubt and only believe. And then he continues in verse 24. And again, verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And I thought this was interesting here because these are not two separate thoughts. Uh, Jesus wasn't talking to them about the mountain and then switched gears and said, and, and when you are, uh, whatsoever things you desire when you pray. He didn't switch thoughts. He used the word therefore, which actually means to follow after. Um, or because of, or on account of. So these two portions of scripture, uh, verse 22 and verse 23, they, they work hand in hand. Verse 23 is talking about something that you want to get rid of. You want to get rid of the mountain. While verse 24 is talking about something that you want to receive. And this is a really important uh, point to note. Because in the moving of the mountains out of our lives, what we're actually saying is this mountain represents the lack of something that we desire. For instance, if you are facing a mountain of anxiety today, then you are actually desiring peace. If you're facing a mountain of debt today, then you are actually desiring abundance. If you are facing a mountain of sickness today, then you're actually desiring 
health, healing. If you're facing a mountain of loneliness today, then what you're really desiring is a friend, companionship. See, God doesn't only want the mountain removed out of our life. He wants it replaced with his blessing. And this means that we have to fully understand and believe that not only is God not the author of the obstacle that's in your way, like we've talked about already, but he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. We have to have confidence in our covenant with God that he absolutely wants us to enjoy the good things in this life. He desires only good and only blessing for you and for me. And many times we struggle with believing that, that we're even allowed to desire something good. And, and, and then to ask for it and then to believe that we're going to receive it. I think many times... Um, We've been lied to by the enemy or just by wrong doctrine even that if God wants us to have something good, then he'll give it to us. Well, really, this is just not the truth because the the truth is he already gave it to us. And that's what the cross was all about. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he not only removed sin and sickness and eternal damnation, but the effect of that removal was that it was replaced with salvation, healing, and eternal life. Jesus is telling his disciples here that when they move that mountain out of the way with faith in God alone, with authority in their mouth, and no doubt in their hearts that they are also to pray about the things that they desire and to believe that they have received them. Uh, Believe it or not, even in churches like our amazing church here at Island Church, uh, churches where the word has not been watered down, it has been rightly divided. There are still some precious saints sitting in those pews that um, feel guilty for asking God to meet desires of their heart. Uh, Most of them don't have a problem believing that God will meet their basic needs in life. Uh, But when it comes to giving them the desires of their heart, I've heard people say, you know, that they feel greedy or they don't want to be viewed by God or by anybody else as being only in this thing to get something. Uh, The thing is, though, if we don't come to the table of blessing, redemption, and covenant promises and pick up what God has laid down, then we are missing the whole point. We are leaving most of what Jesus died to give us on the table. And he said, I've prepared a table for you in the midst of your enemies. That's That's a place of showing off what God has done. And he wants us to sit down and it's filled with a banquet of good things, the desires of your heart coming to pass. It's not just your, your bread and water and a, and a, you know, a shirt and a pair of pants and a, and a tent. It's not just the basic necessities of life. He wants to give you everything. He wants the world to know that to serve him is a benefit, that, that it's good and, and that it should be coveted. So we don't want to leave what Jesus paid for sitting on that table, standing off in the corner, looking at it. So as we learn to properly speak to the mountain and to get it out of the way, we need to follow up 
by praying for the things that we desire. That's what he said in verse 24. He said, and when you pray. So what is prayer? Prayer is petitioning, asking for something to be granted. Should all of our time talking to God be petitioning him for something? Well, no. We should spend much more time, actually, in his presence worshiping him just for who he is. We should talk to him throughout the day like he's a friend of ours because he is. But he expects us to pray and ask for the inheritance that he has already given us. In verse 23, Jesus is telling the disciples and us what to do with the mountain. And in that portion, he's telling us we command the mountain. Well, we're able to have that command uh, in, in us and that authority because that mountain was erected and put there by Satan who wishes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we have authority over him. So we can command that mountain to move and he has to obey. In verse 24, when we, therefore, when we pray, we come to, we come to God. We don't have to command him and we don't command him, but we pray as a child comes to a good father asking for those things that he has already promised us. So once you settle it in your heart that God wants the mountain gone, and he wants you to ask for the desires of your heart, the next instruction that Jesus gives is to believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, this might be the most difficult portion of this scripture for our logical brains to comprehend. Because if I believe that I receive them, which is present tense, then why am I told that I shall have them, which is future tense? And I double checked that just to make sure. And uh, the word shall there actually does mean what would follow or uh, what is to come. Uh, something that will be, not something that is. And the word receive here means to take hold of. I love this. It's to take with the hand, to lay hold of any person or anything in order to use it. To take up a thing to be carried. To take upon oneself. So when he said receive, he actually means receive. Receive. But then he says, you have to believe you receive and then you shall have. So here's the deal. Prayer is not a vending machine. Okay. You don't uh, put in your request and then reach down about 10 seconds later and pull out that tangible thing that you prayed for. Everything that we as children of God ever receive, ever, we receive it by faith. So faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. It is the evidence of the things that have not yet been seen with our physical eyes, but they are there. Well, where are they then if they are there? You might ask. Well, they're coming to you. They're coming to you through methods, transitions, transactions that will best demonstrate God's goodness to you in the perfect timing. And also, he looks for ways that will most maximize the potential to give him all the glory in it. So you don't have to concern yourself with that part. You're not to be concerned with the time. Your, your part is to look at your faith and say, okay, so this faith that I'm walking in is the evidence. It's, it's the substance that what I've asked for, I have already received it when I pray. So my faith, my faith is the answer. Evidence here means that by which an invisible thing is proven as a reality. So if you were to get up on your roof right now and to, to jump off your roof, if you go down, 
you're going to find out what? That gravity exists. That gravity works. If you don't go down, well, then you're going to be specially picked to do the next daily encouragement series because we all want to know how you did that. But really, faith is like your body heading south when you jump. It's the proof that the gravity that you can't see does exist. Faith is the proof you already have what you have believed you have received. So up to this point, we've tried to correct these areas. We have, we, we've had faith in God alone. We've spoken to the mountain to be removed. We've gotten rid of doubt and we've seen with our spiritual eyes the mountain being uprooted. We've prayed and we've asked God for the things that we desire because he knows he, we know that he wants us to have good things. And we want to fill the place that the mountain was with the good, the, the, the good desires of our heart. And we've believed that we've received. So what do we do now? Well, what would you do right now if a knock came on the door and somebody dropped off a check and paid off all your debt? I mean, your student loans, your mortgage, your cars, uh, the, the loan you got from your in-laws 25 years ago, your credit cards. I'm talking every debt, not a penny left, has been paid off. Just think about it right now, really, right now. You hear somebody knocking on the door. You pause this little thing you're watching with me and you go to answer the door and there somebody stands with that check. I mean, no more debt. What are you going to do? Are you going to casually say, Hey, thanks man. And then, you know, return, return over to the device that you were watching me on and finish listening to me talk about how to get a mountain moved out of your way. No, you're going to shriek. You're going to cry happy tears. You're going to be excited. You're going to be loud. You're going to start calling all of your friends. You're going to get on your social media accounts and post about how amazing God is. You're going to praise God. You're going to tell him thank you a thousand times. So here's the, here's the catch. If you're waiting to see if something is going to break through for you, then you haven't already received it. And, and I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I want to be the bearer of truth. If you don't believe you've already received it and can already act as if you have received it, then you're not going to have the shall have them portion of that scripture. You won't shall have them. Let me just ask a quick question before we close. How do you know that you're saved? You know that you're saved by faith. You did not watch Jesus die on the cross for you. I did not see him die on the cross, but we believe that he did that. How? By faith. We believe that. Uh, you didn't get a, a golden ticket from an angelic being that, that granted you entrance into heaven when you die, but you believe you're going to heaven, right? How? There's no, where is that? How do, how do you wear? How do you know that? By faith. Faith is your evidence. Faith is your evidence. So likewise, you haven't seen the check at the door, but you have to believe. You haven't gotten the good report from the doctor yet, but you have to believe that you already have. Your spouse hasn't walked in the door and said, no, I don't want that divorce. I want, I want to make things work. But you have to believe that he already has. Faith is your evidence. You let God worry about when and how. Faith says, I already have it. And that has to be settled in your heart for mountain moving faith to work in its fullness. So in conclusion today, you need to 
get off the couch or out of the bed or wherever it was that you were watching this and those things that you've been speaking to to move out of the way, you need to imagine what it is that's in its place. You need to imagine the opposite of whatever that negative thing was. What's the desire now to fill that? And you need to praise God for it. You need to give him glory for it right now. It, you're not pretending, you are, you are declaring that this has already been established because it's in the Word. It's in the Word. And again, if you struggle with that, then you have to go all the way back to the first day that we talked about this, and you have to get in the Word and feast on it more because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, I encourage you, because I'm very excited about coming back for tomorrow night's last uh, part four of Why Won't My Mountain Move, probably the the most um, important or, or it's the most exciting portion of uh, this entire thing for me because I've had a recent uh, revelation on this and a testimony to back it up. I'm very excited to share that with you. So please make sure that you're able to tune in tomorrow night. We will see you then. God bless you.